Welcome, welcome, welcome to Show vs. Business, your weekly take on pop culture from two very different perspectives. I'm your host, Theo, and on the line I have the man himself, Mr. Benja. What is up, my man? What's up? What's up? Another week, another uh, living in this crazy world we're living in. Oh, always, <laughs> brother. <laughs> oh, man, almost died. Yeah. <laughs> it is a crazy world, man. Crazy world. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Today we got a very interesting pod. We're gonna go into no celebration without representation. Deep dive into mm. representation is geek tech, geek understanding, and geek pop culture. Uh so what you know, we'll talk a little bit about thinking our craze, our memories of uh cross-cultural nerd m- memories and moments. Uh we're getting a little news story around uh various different topics that's coming out from uh different uh corners of the world and then finally not but uh feature this week will be a little bit on representation so we have a little bit deep dive on what that means in pop culture and then of course last but not least miss marvel review so mr benja how was your week week was good man week was good um you know as i said the mid-year came around as i spoke about on the last podcast um the mid-year's resolutions getting that together getting that tight actually two weeks ago i'm sorry and yeah, you know, these, those little tweaks, man, like using a new tool here or there, deciding to, you know, eat an hour earlier or something simple like that. These little things, man, just tweaking the system, making it flow better. Um, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm riding through 2022, man. It's about to be on. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Uh, yeah, man. Just me, man. It's just been a crazy week, man. You know, so I've been just busy heads down trying to talk to investors and then, you know, looking at my numbers from our business and just like, oh man, we gotta, you know, step it up for the second half of the year. So just trying to figure that out and get ready for, for, for some more opportunities coming our way. So yeah, man, just, you know, heads down, man, trying to make some things happen for us. But uh, yeah, man, really excited about, uh, you know, just, I don't know, just mid, mid year, man. It's always interesting, man. You kind of hit that. Oh man, it's already July. It's hot as hell outside. You're just like, what's going on? <laughs> you just sit like it was just January, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, speaking, of, I saw your uh, little speech in New Orleans, man. That was a uh, that was pretty good stuff. Nah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, my day job, you know, I talk a little, I talk some little stuff here and there about uh, health equity and what that means for uh, everyone. So uh, I appreciate you checking that out. We got some more things that we're gonna post over there. I'm trying to figure out that cross section between, you know, the day job and what I do here. So mm-hmm. I may start, you know, piercing the veal, right. And getting, you know, getting cross the cross beams working some kind of way. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. You know, what's the brand, which is very key. We talk about all the time here. Um, so I was just trying to understand that a little bit more, but, uh, I think, you know, it can work. I mean, you got people all the time. They have CEOs who are D- DJs, right. Or, uh, you know, a doctor, right? The rapping doctor. So it's, you know, you yep. do that cross section thing. So I'll try to figure that out for myself as well over time, but I, I appreciate man, the shout out. So, uh, I have some, uh, references on that later. Uh, we can do that offline or whatever, but I definitely have some references on that. Cause I learned from the guys at rockstar games who did a phenomenal amount of stuff outside of the office, which fed into their actual, which fed into their actual work, which blew our mind. It was great. Yeah, 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 I love it, man. That's that's how you have to do it, man. You gotta do both. So, man, Mr. Benjamin, let's uh, get into it. 
a little bit early today. Let's get into digging in the crates. Right, Mr. Benjamin. So this is our memories of cross-cultural nerd moment memories. So I guess this is things that, you know, experience of other uh, you know, nationalities, other cultures, uh, you know, as young, young, young kids, right? Or even or older adults. And so I'll let you start it off. Uh, what are some memories that come to mind for you? So, you know, um, being, being uh, into alternative stuff in the black community is always interesting because the black community will always test you. You're like, oh, you into that. I uh, make it sound cool to me. And you're like, shit. <laughs> all right, so it's like this, it's like this, and I, all right, yeah, that's kind of cool, that's kind of cool. And you know, say, like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, I watch kung fu movies, and then you know, they got to tell you how kung fu movies are cool, and so whatever. Um, but when I was young, I was actually into not Dungeons and Dragons, but a similar product based off of the Dungeons and Dragons rule set, um, for Marvel superheroes. It was a uh, built by TSR, the same guys who ran Dungeons and Dragons, published that. So Marvel superheroes role-playing game, you know, you had your 20 sided dice. You were going around, you know, punching characters and getting and doing your whole Wolverine adamantium claws thing. And it was, it was great. Right. But, um, did you make the noise every time you popped your claws? You you had, (laughs) you know, you had to roll a certain, you had to roll high enough. You couldn't just roll it every time and go kapow. You know, you had to. You couldn't just say snicked every time, you know, you had to be like, <laughs> had to have a proper role. Um, but yeah, I, I was a dungeon master for Marvel superheroes for a while. And that was really small, a really small group of people that my, my mom's friends and, um, some of their kids, they would always come over. So that was a really small group and it was all black. But at some point I decided to take it to my Southern Baptist, North Florida, South Georgia, uh, Christian school and introduce it there. And there were, there were like a couple, uh, Indian kids there. Um, you know, mostly white Southerners. Uh, let me see. We had a no, Yeah. We had some Spanish kids there too. Uh, Mexican kids were I don't, actually, I don't know. I was so young. I just knew they were of the Latin X Hispanic. Um, yeah, I'm going to get emails for that one. Yeah. Um, they were, they were Hispanic and yeah, it was just a m- much more diverse group. And I was like, oh crap, I'm introducing Marvel superheroes to these, these uh, people. So yeah, it became this whole cross-cultural thing. And you, you started seeing how it played out. Like people would really gravitate towards their characters, the, who, who they were like, you know, there was a kid who was good in the science club and everything in, in middle school. And he was like, I want to be Reed Richards. And I'm like, I'm looking at my, my campaign, like, how the heck am I going to fit Reed Richards in here? <laughs> There's like explosions and a lot of fighting going on. And what's he going to do in this campaign? You know, start a, you know, science fair project. I don't know. Um, but everybody would start picking out their characters and it just became a really cross-cultural thing where I was like, holy crap, the role playing of these characters is causing us to come together in different ways. And, oh, yeah, it was it was goofy. Uh you know, it was hard for me to maintain my um my my black man cool because I was known as the Marvel superheroes, Dungeons and Dragons, twenty dice rolling kid as yeah, at the same time. It it just it was tough. 
but it happened. Man, I love it, man. Great story. Uh, yeah, I never got into Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a big thing now, but I mean, everything's a big thing, right? It's like, uh, you know, stuff that was nerd for us, you know, like anime. I mean, you know, all the kids love it now. Dungeons and Dragons is cool. Matter of fact, I saw, re- I watched a, a reality show with my wife. It's called Married at First Sight. The guy is an uber nerd. I mean, super smart guy, PhD uh-huh. neuroscientist. Just got married to this woman, you know, sight unseen. And, uh, you know, they, they did the vows. They went off to go talk. You know, the first thing he introduced her to. So uh, this is my lucky dice. Uh, it's my 20 sided uh, dice. You know, the whole <laughs> comic book guy voice came out. I was like, oh, yeah. Lord. He came deep for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let her know at the beginning, man, what you get there. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they introduced him in his favorite uh, store where him and his buddies were dressed up in their favorite characters while they were doing the campaign. So it yeah. was deep, man, deep, deep. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like I said, I never got into it. Uh, but I, I thought that's cool. I used to love, you know, choose your own adventure books, of course, and things like mm, that. Yeah. That was like more solo kind of activities. But uh, I didn't know you were a, a dungeon master, too. So you had to come up with the, the storyline and kind of keep everything managed, uh, understand who had what, you know. So, so yeah, well, it makes sense yeah. now, Mr. Pitcher, why you were a game designer. Yeah, it all makes yeah. sense. You know, man, I, I didn't listen, man. And here's, here's how nerd snobbery comes into play. I don't know if people know this exists, but I was like, Dungeons and Dragons, man, I ain't about no, no elves and orcs and man, get out of here with all that. I'm about, uh, I'm about mutants and inhuman <laughs> and, uh, and star laugh. You know? <laughs> get, get out of here with them elves. And I got my, I got my own mutants and, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I got mega mutants over here. I have my, <laughs> yeah. But when the football team, when the football team stepped in the room, we were all on the same side. It's like, no, 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 we're we're with them. We're together. We outnumber you. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Same here in basketball. So, but you know, so, um, yeah, my, my moment was, um, man, uh, I I grew up, you know, LA is, I had cross section friends, you know, from all different cultures, a lot of, uh, you know, Chinese American friends, uh, shout out to Josh, one of my best friends and. We used to go to his house and play basketball all the time. He lived literally like two blocks away from school. So his dad was a living home architect at the time. So he was like, oh, man, this is a cool gig, man. <laughs> He's living the life, man. And um, so, yeah, man, I was doing my thing. And then, uh, you know, I got introduced uh, to some more uh, Chinese Americans. And they were like, hey, we got this new game, dog. I'm like, new game? You like Super Mario Brothers, right? I said, yeah. I got that Super Mario Brothers 3. I said, what? And so, but it's on this new system. This I know, shout out, Super Famicom. Famicom, man, this is the one that, uh, you know, if you know your stuff, man, this is the, the game system before Super Nintendo came out. Came directly from Japan. If you knew somebody had this thing, you were like, oh, man, I am the man. So basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's me... Is the only black guy in there, a bunch of Chinese Americans as well as Japanese American kids just hanging out uh, and watching Super Mario Brothers for the first time. Three, Super Mario Brothers 3, let me get it correct. Where basically you have to be playing the flying squirrel now. And, you know, it's just like blowing your mind. Oh, Mario can fly now? What the hell is this? It was like so weird, yet so familiar. And uh, wait, know, okay, wait, the- so that was Super Mario World, right? It- yeah, sorry. You're right. It's Super Mario World. Yeah, let's get it right. It wasn't Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, that. Let's get it correct. 
<laughs> and there was no English language whatsoever on that. <laughs> but, it, but I knew what I knew, or right? I knew that was yeah. Mario. That's Mario. <laughs> so I was like, man, this is this is the jam. And you know, he was doing this, this flying all over. And uh, you know, I, I know I'm gonna butcher this because you know you're 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 more the video game guy, but uh, I just just it just like opened my eyes to like the possibilities because because I literally when I first got Super Mario Brothers uh, for Christmas, best Christmas ever, I got Super Mario Brothers, Nintendo, the first Nintendo, and then uh, a TV for my room that first day Christmas. I don't know what happened. All I knew was <laughs> nine hours straight, I could barely see. Oh, my eyes hurt. Oh, the light. The light. The light, son. Uh, that first day, man, my eyes are hurting because I, I literally was on that TV all day, man. I still remember. I got good fond memories of that, man. I see my son's got a little bit of that. He he watches a lot of uh, YouTube videos on people playing video games. I was like, oh, Lord. So he's starting young, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, that was my, you know, just being around, you know, the, this crew and uh, learning different languages. And uh, man, I was really into like the, uh, the Chinese culture and Japan culture and just Japanese culture and just, you know, really had a lot of good friends like that and just understanding right. what was important for them. And so, um, so I, you know, that, that to me, I take to this day. And so um, I always been meaning to get to China or Japan, never, never got, I always had a chance in grad school. And then have an opportunity to go to Africa. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, go to the motherland. But uh, yeah, man. So, so more to that, man. So yeah, they were, yeah, that was, that was some good memories. Good memories. Anything else on your end? Uh, nerd and bringing us all together. Um, you know, the cross-culture, cross-cultural aspect actually got me a lunch with Jim Lee. Um, when I was in San Diego. Shout out Jim Lee, the, the what, the uh, uh, chief uh, what artists, uh, cre- creative content officer now of DC group, you all your favorite comic book heroes, especially Batman. So yeah, if you don't know Jim Lee, now, you know, yeah, man, I, um, so Wildstorm studios used to be in San Diego and San Diego is a great place for comics. There's a lot of, uh, inkers, colorists, uh, writers out there, you know, the people who aren't trying to be necessarily all up in the forefront. A lot of the comic book industry is actually down there. It's where the guys Eastman and Laird are from also, um, you know, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They just hang out at this comic book shop and it was like, wow, all these comic book guys down in San Diego, which is why the San Diego Comic-Con is down there in the first place. But anyway, um, I was, uh, I was hanging out with some people and a friend of mine name is Frank. Shout out to Frank, man, because he's one of those dudes, you know, you're like, call him a joker. But every once in a while, he pulls something out and he's just like, God damn, Frank. Anyway, prophecies know because he, he rolls up and he's like, Hey, you know, the Wildstorm studio guy He's like, yeah, I talked to Jim Lee. I'm like, what you talking to Jim Lee? I, who, who's just walking around talking to Jim Lee, like randomly. Do we have a connection? He's like, nah, I said like, we're diverse and they're diverse. We should have a lunch. Cause, uh, you know, we just have lunches with people and ex- exchange ideas and we, we could tell them about video games. And I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know what? That's kind of brilliant. Just call somebody up. Hey man, you guys want to have lunch? We know we're in video games and, uh, you could ask us any questions about video games. <laughs> and Jim Lee was like, uh, sure. <laughs> so the next thing I know, we're all having lunch with the Wildstorm guys and they're walking around their offices. They're showing us everything. Um, and yeah, it was just a big Q and a back and forth. We asked them about comics and art and they asked us about video games and, uh, software development. 
And it was just as easy as that. And he's super down to earth. And the whole, the whole thing about it, I think that really made it work was that we were very diverse. Um, you know, uh, as a black, white, there's a guy from Portugal, I think was over there hanging with us, an Italian dude. It's just a lot of different, uh, people from different cultures and different parts of the country and the world. So I think that's what really set that whole lunch off and made it work. So. Yeah, man. Shout out to diversity. Might get you a free lunch. <laughs> hey, man. I love the good <laughs> So, yeah. Get that, that that free lunch, man. I mean, yeah. Some people said there are no free lunches, right? But, hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. You know. It's I didn't mean to. Aside. We're going to get our free lunch. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw any, like, a, a reparations play in there or anything. But uh, it, it works. <laughs> so, I'm sticking with it. Um, cut the check. Cut that damn check. Hashtag hashtag cut the check. I love it. So, hey, everyone. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the news. Mr. Benja. Well, uh, do you watch television? Uh, I try not to. <laughs> I really do. Well, the, a lot of people, uh, right? the, yeah, a lot of people still do linear television. That is, you know, uh, Emmy nominations came out, uh, this past week, uh, and it's, it's supposed to be a celebration of all that is television. And, um, some of our favorite shows, you know, are on here. Like, I think like, we talked a little bit about on the Wednesday show, but, uh, uh, you know, one of the few things like uh, from Netflix, Netflix has got like a roughly about three of the best shows uh, for drama. Ozark, Squid Game and Stranger Things listed here. HBO's on there for twice for your four in succession. And uh, AMC has Better Call Saul and Apple TV has Severance. Uh, so I don't know if you've checked out Severance yet. That's an interesting TV show on Apple TV right now. But um, but yeah, man, not a lot of uh Streaming show, I mean, not a lot of those drama series are, you know, from networks, right? The traditional network television, like we used to watch back mm. in the day, that Cheers and, you know, um, different world, things like that. The only one that got in the, and has been listed here on the comedy series from ABC is a show called Abbott Elementary. I don't know if you've seen that one yet, Mr. Benja. No. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you look down this list, that is the only. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm only a network show. I'm scrolling here and, and the other close. And I'm scrolling here. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm scrolling here and I'm only seeing like uh, there's there's a AMC, but that doesn't really count either. It's not fully streaming. Um, Showtime's got one in there, but that's premium. Yeah. That's a, this is a changing of the guard. I don't know how long this has been going on, but I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I, obviously HBO has been there forever. So that makes sense why HBO is still yeah. up there with all the different shows. But yeah, man, if you look, the, you scroll down, it's few and far between, um, <clears throat> they usually pick one, um, you know, net linear television. So when it's like linear, that's basically yeah. turn on TV. As long as you have antennas, you could, right. You can watch something. Right. Uh, yeah, man, that, that. Man, it is dying on the vine, man. Uh, and even um, streaming is taking their, their place a little bit, right? Because, you know, we'll talk about later, later but Netflix is getting into advertising. There's already uh, uh, advertised. So basically for streamers, advertised called free, uh, Freevee. I think that's what's called from Amazon. So yeah. basically you watch a movie or TV show 
um, instead of just working all the way through no interruptions, there's actually ads in the middle. So it's free. So, yeah. um, it's called freebie. And so that's kind of taken over linear television spot in addition to the, you know, traditional streaming shows that we know and love. So yeah, man, this is an interesting world right now, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, no, check any of these shows you like. Oh, really, really quick on that thing. Um, you know, last black Friday, I got a, I got an Amazon fire tablet, right. For like 70 bucks, um, expressly for watching media because, uh, you know, if I'm washing dishes or whatever, and I want to just bring my little tablet in and, and watch something while I'm washing dishes, if it falls in the dishwasher, you know, dishwater, I'm not going to be mad because it's like a $70, um, tablet. Um, but yeah, I have the $70 Amazon tablet and I show up one day and it automatically added freebie and like put it right there on the center line. And I'm like, oh, what's this app? Did I download this? I remember thinking about it. Huh? Let me delete it. Will not allow you to delete. It's just sitting there in the middle. You can't delete it. I'm like, mother Amazon. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) at least Apple, you know, at least Apple's like, all right, well, if you want to get rid of it, it's still technically there, but you just won't see it. Not freebie. You can't get rid of it. No, nah, man, a little bit, man. So, so I think that's kind of where we're at right now, man, with these shows. Uh, a lot of different shows. I see Oscar Isaac. He was nominated, but not for uh, Moon Knight. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just, and, and to be fair, I've seen a lot of these shows. I mean, so it's kind of interesting, but um, it'll be kind of cool to see what happens uh, or when it comes out. Uh, wow. Television movie. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers for Disney Plus. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, let's see, Ray Donald in the movie. That's a new. That's a new category. I don't know where they came. Uh, came to this. I guess it's 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 like it's a movie, but it's based on a TV show. So that's got that's that's a nominate. That's a category now. I oh uh, yeah sure whatever. Huh. Television <laughs> television television movie yeah okay. Um, so what's up with this? Uh, I, I, you know, we were talking about the ABCs and uh, NBCs and CBSs and all that, the linear television juggernauts. Um, they're, they, now they've even got competition, competition in the variety talk section. Mm-hmm. So that was the only place I really noticed that linear television was still standing out with Jimmy Kimmel Live, mm-hmm. um, Late Night with Seth Meyers and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, ABC, NBC, and CBS respectively but now you know we've got comedy central coming up we got hbo coming up um yeah man uh so you so you're saying there did linear t- no, t- you know i mean look uh the number one show uh on linear television right now is uh i think i wrote it down somewhere but it's uh young sheldon uh and i think they get they, they get numbers that any streamer would have right um mm-hmm. Let's see audience numbers. Uh, you know, it's it's something like in the millions, man. I mean, you know, that watch it every every uh yeah uh yeah six point seven million viewers a night. And that's the number one you know streamer. So Young Sheldon's based on the character from um uh, the Big Bang Theory, right? And that's funny. That's going on strong. So it's like that character of Sheldon from uh, <laughs> the Big Bang Theory will not die. Um. So anyway, make a long story short. Yeah, man. Um, and then also the other one is NCIS. That's a big, you know, streamer, uh, TV show. I mean, basically serial. I mean, if you like, uh, coming, coming to you from the, the producers of NCIS, Hawaii, 
NCIS Las Vegas, NCIS <laughs> CSI, NCIS CN New Jersey. I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah. they don't yeah. stop. And then, and then on NBC, they have this whole Chicago thing, Chicago Med. Don't ask me how I know this stuff. Chicago Med, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago Med, Chicago Cop, uh, Chicago Cops and Chicago Lawyers or something like that. So this is a whole, or Chicago Fire. It's this whole Chicago thing. It's the guy that came uh, with uh, Steven Bacho. So it's just like, they, they find their niches. And it's so funny. It's like, you'll watch one of those shows. He's like, oh, that's where that actor went. Because <laughs> you'll be like, what, what happened? Any actor you ever thought about, you know, like, oh, they're on some network television show somewhere. Barry, they're like the fifth league. And they have like three lines an episode, right? Or something like that. I, I seen, yeah, episode. And uh, that's it. So I, like sometimes I'll watch those shows. Oh, wow. That's the guy from, you know, this show. Hey, get the cash and checks, man. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> Nobody's talking about the show, you know, but hey, he's cashing the checks, brother. So anyway, um, I digress. But yeah, uh, so Emmys, yeah, they're coming out. I mean, you know, I don't know who gives a hoot. I mean, it don't really mean too much. Um, but it's one of those things that I always kind of keep in mind of. So. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. Uh, it's a hoot natty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, one other show that may be blazing trails uh, sometime in the future is HBO Max's The Last of Us series. This is an interesting one to me um, because it's expected to premiere in early 2023. We know it's based on the um, the video game. We blah blah blah. We've covered that before. That's not new. Interesting thing I didn't know was that it's going to be releasing its episodes on linear television and streaming weekly at the same time. Same damn time. Okay. Who does that? I <laughs> Who does it now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what their play is there. I guess it's just to um, flex. You know, hey, we can do it and see what happens. Um, I mean, you know, it's HBO, man. So it's like, sometimes it's different to figure out what's the HBO original show or what's the H. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, oh, this show should shop pop up, right? On the HBO Mac, uh, HBO um, app. No, it's an HBO linear show. And so you know, uh-huh. wait till like 10 o'clock and then you can watch it. Like, for instance, the winning time, I, I watched that show. Uh, curious enough, it didn't get nominated, but I know tons of people that watched it. It's basically about the Lakers and how they started the dynasty, uh, basketball Lakers. And so um, I thought that was kind of interesting that, like, that's why, you know, you and I were at Coachella. I was quiet in the car because I was waiting for it to pop up. Then it popped up. I was like, oh, watch this. <laughs> but you know, it, if it's a streaming show, you know, you know, 1201. So I guess that's the only difference. But HBO really has no, no, no orders like that. So I thought that was kind of that, you know, so we'll see. And, what happens. and you know, I, you know, I did say same time. I may have just meant same day. I didn't know they were doing that though. I, I, I didn't know this was a regular thing though to release yeah, at the same. Yeah. Okay. same time. Yeah. That's, that's different. So, um, so I guess instead of with the 1201 or doing it early, like usually like, uh, like the boys sometimes came out thursday right at a certain time but uh, usually netflix they drop uh your time 1201 my time 301 right <laughs> so right. so that hits then you see it but now they're probably gonna wait until like 8 p.m you know eastern standard time or 9 p.m yeah. eastern standard time and just drop it for everybody huh that'll be interesting i gotta check to make sure that's how that's their strategy and if they're actually gonna stick with it but that was the word that was on the streets 
the word on these streets, but uh, uh, this is something else in the culture, man. So, um, you know, Monique, right? Yep. The comedian, she, um, you know, was doing well for herself for a while. You know, had TV show, the Parkers back in the day. Uh, then, you know, she blew up on Precious and, you know, she was out in these streets, man, doing her thing. And then for, you know, some odd reason, she just went off on all these celebrities, man, just went off. I mean, talking about the big time ones, like the Tyler Perry's, the Oprah's, the, you know, you name it. And, uh, she just, she just went ham on them. I mean, people you don't really talk bad about, right? You know, on that level, you know, and, uh, she, uh, kind of was a person, not grata. And just recently, I don't know if you saw the latest controversy. She went off on, uh, D.L. Hughley, another comedian, right? Turned, uh, I guess, radio personality. And went off on him at his old day fest, a comedy special. Uh, she was invited to, to to do a comedy set, yeah, and uh, just was kind of throwing so much shade at him, and then kind of went off a little bit on his sick daughter. So it was a whole thing, man, in black culture. I don't know if you missed that. It was about a month and a half ago. Yeah, I was just yeah. I'm, fire, I'm just man, about this. What is? I don't understand, Monique. Um, I have run into people like her, but you figure at a certain level that goes away. I suppose not. Nah, dog. So she just went off, man. So I say all that to say is that uh, she is <laughs> in this uh, project with Lee Daniels, who put her uh, on the map for Precious, but I also think she went off with Lee Daniels a couple of times. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So um, Lee Daniels, he, he's the one that did Precious. And, you know, some say, uh, you know, some of his stuff is kind of getting, you know, He's not as bad as Tyler Perry, in my opinion, but, you know, someone can get overly melodramatic. I mean, but he's done some, you know, interesting. He did some, some, a movie with Nicole Kidman. So he's got the yeah. juice. Um, but, you know, his, his, his movies tend to be, he came, he came up with Empire. You remember Empire? Show Dame, back in the day. Dame Dash gave him the juice. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Early, early on the get-go, um, he was trying to get around, and Dame Dash was like, listen, this dude's hungry, young, trying to do some interesting things. Put him on. And then when, when he started to get on, um, you know, he just kind of had a falling out with Dame Dash, but that happened. A lot of people have fallen out with Dame Dash. <laughs> uh, sad but true. See, I wonder yeah. if you, at some point, like, Monique is trying to become that person that girl that chick mm -hmm. right that lady where you know I, i've seen people like this in in workplace situations where some guys send out an email you know your work sucks blah, blah, blah. And it's like yeah it's just that's just how he talks that's that's just that mm -hmm. guy i tried to do that once i couldn't do it i couldn't they uh <laughs> they fought back a little too hard <laughs> I, I tried to be that guy but uh maybe i don't know maybe monique can be that person who's just annoying but you know she still gets around oh wow uh man he came he, he, he right man he blew up on as a producer and you know what his first production was what was that monster's ball you remember that from holly berry yeah, I, 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 yeah so it was yeah so he uh west philadelphia born and raised and uh you know like he said just just grinded man and got it you know did some things he did Under the Cherry Moon and Purple Rain. He did, you know, I guess he was like a PA, casting director. And then he stopped, you know, keep, kept doing stuff until he had the chance to do uh, Monsters Ball. 
So yeah, he had a little run there. I remember the Woodsman. That was pretty good. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of people who loved the uh, the Butler. It was okay to me. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't all that. Uh, Precious. That was the one that you know got him you know some fame because he directed that one. And Empire was actually one of the biggest TV shows at the time. So uh, when it came out in 2015. So so yeah, he's he's got he had a little run man there for a little bit. He's still you know still still a known entity. Empire may be the last TV show that I really checked into. Hmm. Hey, that first season was fire, man. But after that, I kind of fell off after the second season. But that first season I mean, with the music, I mean, they were trying to do something different. I mean, kind of bring this whole kind of P. Diddy, you know, 90s vibe, you know, family drama, you know, yeah, the, yeah. You know music every week kind of, you know, I was like, man, they're trying to do something. So it ran for quite a bit, but, uh, you know, it just like it flamed so hard, man. It, it it didn't it didn't make it. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, man, love to see more of that. So, so good for him, man. So, uh, so like I said, uh, just Monique and Lee Daniels. I thought that was kind of interesting. It is what you got on your side, brother. Uh, from the culture, from the culture. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't... <laughs> Okay, you want something from the culture or just something from the that's kind of effed up? <laughs> Both. <laughs> um, well, if you're into horror movies and trying to uh, literally stay woke, um, you may not want to check. Have your kids check out the newest Winnie the Pooh offering that's coming out. We have a Winnie the Pooh film that's entitled Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. I love it. It's a Winnie the Pooh is going slasher film. And w- what ended up happening is Winnie the Pooh, the property goes into public domain, went into public domain earlier this year. So these guys have had this movie in production, waiting on it to go into public domain, goes into public domain. And suddenly you have a Winnie the Pooh slasher film coming out. Me. And it's just. Oh, there's Winnie the Pooh coming for you. That's right. Ride riding in on his hog, you know. Uh Piglet got, you know, that's that's the new Piglet right there. Um it, hold on. There's there's an image from this you just kind of have to see. It I I I don't know I don't know what this means for people, but I figure it's just going to get going to get props because of the craziness that it is. Have, have you looked into this at all? Oh uh, yeah, I heard it when it first popped up. Uh, I think a couple of weeks back. And so I guess, I don't know why it's popping up again, but I guess maybe they have more. Did they release a trailer or something? Is that what it was? No, but, click um, that. Uh, okay. I, I just sent, I just put a link down there. Um, check, check that out and check out this image. I love what it. we're looking at, what we're looking at is, uh, a young buxom lady in a hot tub and there's steam all, you know, steam rising up from the water and she's just looking all sultry and everything in the hot tub. And in the background, through the steam, you can see a guy in a pig mask and a guy in the Winnie the Pooh mask. Or I don't even know if they're masked in the actual story, but they're rolling up. They're like sneaking up on this lady in a hot tub. And this is disturbing slasher vibes. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, Not good, man. Not good. Not not feeling that too much. (laughs) Uh, You know, Public domain, man. Disney, man. They, they. That's why they protect Mickey, Michael Mouse with a passion, man. Because they know, man, if it's out in these streets, they have Mickey wilding out, man. I mean, Mickey. I mean, uh, uh, there's been stories that Disney 
Uh, we'll put that season cease out there on anybody anywhere, you know? So, yeah. so you, you know, see a lot of the characters popping up. So, um, nah, man, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it, I mean, look, kudos to the filmmakers. They got problems. There's, you know, what they, what they say, uh, first you, uh, you have my curiosity. Now you got my interest or something along those lines. So yeah, yeah. They, they, they did. I mean, in a world so crowded, they, they pierced through that and got our attention. Probably a crappy yeah. movie, but kudos to them. Yeah. So for everybody wondering what's happening is Disney is obviously going to retain their copyright interpretation. So the way Winnie the Pooh does the Winnie the Pooh thing, as far as Disney's concerned, is still copy copyrighted to Disney. But obviously, if it's a slasher, you can't really say that that's Disney's area. So they're like, cool. Well, we got the slasher version of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, somebody else can make it. Hey, I just had an idea. How about a sci-fi version of Winnie where he's like in outer space and, you know, because that's not Disney. Uh, uh, hip-hop Disney, uh, hip-hop Winnie the Pooh. I mean, that's right. Okay, okay so here, here's the synopsis. The story is meant that they're going, that they've gone on this onslaught from being kind of enraged by what happened to Christopher, Christopher Robin. Pooh and Piglet experienced a drastic drop in food as Christopher grew up over the years and became increasingly hungry and feral. They had to resort to eating Eeyore, the donkey. And then when Christopher returned with his wife to introduce her to his old buddies, that's when they, things get crazy. When they see Christopher, all of their hatred that they've built up over the years from being abandoned unleashes, and they go on this rampage. That's interesting. Hey. And I, <laughs> I got nothing else with that. Nah, <laughs> nah, let's just leave it there, man. Leave it there. Uh, look, man, uh, last but not least, uh, Netflix, they found a partner. Remember, they were going to do a big push into ads. Uh, and it looks like it'll be powered by Microsoft, man. <laughs> so, uh, that's weird. Uh, Mark, I didn't know Microsoft had ad tech technology like that with this article. It's like used, it's it, used Bing. I, yeah, yeah. Bing. Forgot about I that. That is life-changing technology. <laughs> um, yeah, Netflix chose Microsoft. Uh, so it sounds like there's this, uh, company called Xander that was actually, <laughs> uh, uh, under the AT&T banner. AT&T couldn't do anything with it. And so they just sold it off for a billion dollars over to Microsoft. And then for some reason, uh, Microsoft chose them because to, to do their, to ad tech. So it, it does seem like kind of a weird thing Now they had a chance. I think the rumors were Google was in the mix, uh, you know, but I guess there was some fear that Google, once Google's all up in your business, they're in your business. Right. And so, you know, Google, yeah. Google knows what, what they're looking for. <laughs> I understand things. And so uh, I said, yeah, man. So they had to be weary of that. But uh, yeah, man. So I thought that was kind of interesting of, you know, more to come there. But uh, Netflix is pushing hard, hard into this. So we're going to see what their earnings announcements show with the the streaming numbers. I'm assuming they're going to be good because they they broke up Stranger Things into two, uh, basically Q, Q2 and Q3 for them. So I'm sure they're going to show subscriber growth is up and to the right. Right. But. You know, after the net, uh, the Stranger Things effect, when a subscribe subscriber growth that does top tail, right? And so I think um, Netflix is on on on, on what, light ice, right? Or you know, what it was it thin ice? Excuse thin me. Thin ice. Yeah, and so um, they need to figure this out pretty quickly uh, because this is all they got. 
That's all we got. <laughs> so they got to figure this out. Uh, they don't have theme parks like Disney. They don't care like Amazon and Disney because they got uh, they got so many other things to do. Uh, who is the other one up against Peacock and Paramount? They already kind of already movie studios and TV shows, mm-hmm. uh, Comcast. So they already understand, you know, how to create content. And Netflix is flying in a way. They were the one that led with the banner. Follow us to yeah. freedom, to streaming. And now everybody's like abandoning them now because they're like, man, this shit don't work. <laughs> we can't make it profitable. So anyway, it's going to be interesting to see if they got net, uh, the advertising, you know, uh, Mr. Benjo, you're going to try the advertising tier just if they do it. Yeah, come on, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm cheap, but I don't like, I, I can't, that's, that's just too cheap. I can't, I can't have my good content ruined by, hi, would you like dial soap? You can get cleaner every day. Like, man, get out of here with it. That Hulu experience, if you watch it with ads, it's terrible. So, so yeah. When, yeah. Once you, once you've gone ad free for like a month or any, any short period of time, it's just hard to go back. Yeah, man. Once you go black ad, <laughs> you don't go back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, just stay out of that. <laughs> So on that note, man, let's get to representation. Uh, no celebration about representation. The feature. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, Mr. Benjamin. Let's why don't you kick off what this is about this weekend? Uh, you know, I can give you my take on it as well, but uh love to get your take. So this is a kind of a recurring theme in different in different ways uh <clears throat> on this podcast. And recently, uh, you know, there was the phrase that came up um, after after Juneteenth. There was a lot of pushback about, hey, what's all this cel- celebration without representation? So that's where the, the phrase um, kind of popped off and came from. You know, are they are, are people really out, out for the culture? Are they really trying to make things better? Um, are they really worried about diversity, representation, telling other stories, making a more perfect union, et cetera, et cetera? Or are they just looking to get some dollars? And that was the whole argument behind the no celebration without representation. You know, after barbecue, if we're just here to, you know, buy your paper plates or whatever from Walmart. Hmm. So we see this happening in, in, um, in media as well. Uh, most notably, after every show comes out now, people are on one side or are, are praising the diverse efforts and saying, hey, we're glad these characters' stories are being told, glad we're getting uh, perspectives from different cultures. And on the other side, you're getting like, why are you changing up the stories? Why are you doing, um, you know, why are you changing, you know, what what we thought was a good story and all of a sudden putting this, you know, wokeness in front of this. And, you know, woke's just become that term now. Um, and it's it's this kind of this is kind of battle that's going back and forth between cultural, financial, uh, what we want to see, and I I just really started thinking about huh, how are the numbers playing out in this, and what really started to uh, make me think was after watching Captain uh, Miss Marvel, which I had just finished up, and we're gonna talk about later. After we finished watching Miss Marvel, I looked at uh, some of the numbers. And I think I sent some to you, Theo, and uh, we were talking about it just a little bit. But it was interesting enough to me to get a whole little discussion on this whole 
money versus cultural representation, how much of it's genuine and, and, and how much of it's just for the dollar, how much of it's just, you know, growth anyway, like as time goes on, we're just going to grow and evolve anyway. So what's the, what, what's the money position on this? The demo. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I think, you know, when you think about it, I, I mean, it's really about branding. Um, I, I know Scott Galloway, uh, Prof G, you know, explains woke as a business strategy is on the rise. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, um, the economy said it best, you know, examples of woke capitalism include just advertising campaigns designed built to millennials who often hold more socially liberal views than earlier generations. And these campaigns were often perceived by customers as sincere and authentic, and sometimes can provoke backlashes. And so I think it's just a positioning kind of, you know, angle to kind of, uh, you know, showcase uh, awareness that, you know, all voices want to be heard now. Right. And so we're here, we've seen that more and more. And it's so funny, man. And everything I, I listen to watch nowadays, is always a little something in there, man, about some intersectionality, you know, like I saw this yeah. one show, um, before all, uh, for all mankind, um, they had a, a scene between two black, black characters, but one was gay and he was talking about, say, Hey, you know, um, you know, I had to hide this, you know, for, you know, no, he said, um, you know, I had to freely, you know, finally be who I wanted to be. Right. You know, he wanted to let everybody know he was gay. And then, um, the black lady in the character said, what, you don't think, um, you know, I don't know what they thought of me, you know, for 20 years in NASA, they were astronauts 20 years in mm-hmm. NASA as a, uh, you know, as a black woman. And the only difference is, you know, I, I, you know, I can't hide it. Right. And I was like, whoa, I was like, man, this is stuff that's never even you know, said on television before. Yeah. yeah. It was deep and, and, and thoughtful. And, uh, so, so I say, all I have to say is like, you know, from a business standpoint, I, I think it makes sense. I mean, you're, you're seeing writers go there with like conversations, you know, storylines, themes that you never saw before. And, you know, I think that's kind of how business is perceiving it too. It's like, Hey, I'll, for instance, advertising it. How many times you seen a, um, uh, you know, an interracial couple? Right, it's been more and more prevalent lately. Right, mm-hmm. um, I, I even saw maybe one or two gay folks, you know, gay, you know, couples there a couple of times. But yeah, they're, they're they're trying to embrace this. Hey, we're you know, we get it, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, uh, someone made it best. Uh, ban uh, Ban um, Van Lee. Is it? Yeah, it's a man, Lathan. Yeah, from Lathan. Lathan. Yeah, from uh, you know, uh, TMZ, and uh, he's on the Ringer podcast. He said it best. Uh, he said, "Look, you know, I think people are upset. You know, they say, hey, does everybody need a voice and all this stuff?' And and he made a point. He said, "Look, you know, if you've been voiceless for so long, you know, yes, anything you say so- sounds like a scream because now people are finally hearing you. And so, so I think it's important that you know people have a voice, and I think corporate America can can take part of that." And it, it just makes sense from a market standpoint. They always talk about in uh, movies, the four quadrants, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is, you know, men, men, men between 1844, women between 1844, and then, you know, middle ones who are above that and men and women. And so if you can hit all those quadrants and boom, you have a four quadrant movie. And just like in marketing, if you can get more people in the boat then you have a great movie, I mean, a great, um, you know, product and uh, position. So, so yeah, make a, it makes sense to me why people are embracing this as a strategy from a business standpoint. Okay. So it, it, this is, 
uh, it sounds good on paper, right? I mean, cause I mean, obviously it's like, Hey, you know, you're getting all these people involved and everybody's going to go by and then you have big sacks of money showing up at your door and you're more culturally, um, connected. You're in the mix. Everything's good. But then I look at something and I see that Miss Marvel is the franchise's highest rated show, uh, you know, for all the, the Marvel shows. Um, it's just the highest rated show out of all of them. And the other thing that that goes against that is that it was the lowest watched. Mm. So how do you how do you resolve <laughs> those? You know what I mean? It's like, well, crap. Um, I mean, let's say highest rated. You know, we're talking about um, Rotten Tomatoes here. And um, after, there was an initial flood of negative reviews. But then all of a sudden, all these positive reviews came in from the critics. And yeah, it's after watching him, we'll get into it in our, in our review. They did a lot of quality things in that show that deserve recognition. Mm-hmm. So you've got the highest rated show with the lowest actual viewers. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> you asking me? <laughs> I'm just, you know, question mark thrown in the sky. Yeah, it's, it's a question mark. I mean, uh, look, representation matters. And I think, um, you know, like we're talking to later about the show, but I think it got a lot of things right, you know, that helps, you know, now the other things that makes, you know, that, that means more for, you know, pop culture, you know, maybe not as well. And so maybe there, there, there is some, some, some critique there. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I think we want to see more of that, man. And, um, you know, even though I think people also getting a little fed up with the kind of, uh, things like playing around gay right you just have gay characters on shows and i i get it you know uh because like uh we didn't talk about did you get a chance to watch the latest store maybe we'll, we'll talk about it next week but uh did you get a chance to watch it did not um okay after after that you know what man it was those it was the soft reviews man the soft reviews came out then i heard about the silly news coming out like uh he wouldn't he decided not to eat meat for a day so they, they could do their kissing scene and it wouldn't mess up natalie portman's vegan you know uh spirituality because she can't kiss meat lips or something i don't know um, <laughs> but when i'm like this this that's the news coming out of the movie uh all right i'll go i'll do something else i'll probably check it out screw it i might check it out tomorrow okay now the reason i say all that is uh you know there, there there's some scenes in there where they kind of play around with you know who's you know lesbian or not I mean, Stranger Things has a character that, you know, the actor finally to say, yes, he is gay, but it was, it's, it's kind of inferred, you know, people look at each other googly eyed. Uh, my kids and I watched this show called, you know, about zombies it's called on Disney Channel, zombies versus aliens or something. And they, yeah. you know, they got like uh, actress, the actress looking at each other, you know, touching, you know, smiling, you know, but they don't really say anything. You know, it's just, you know, so it's kind of like, I mean, I get it, you know, they're trying to, Corporate America trying to have both ways, right? Say, hey, you yeah. got the gay character, see? But not too much, because yeah. then you got, you know. Hey, hey, oh, hey, don't, yeah. don't take it. Don't take yeah. it. Don't take it. Yeah. They get nervous. Yeah. So, I, I mean, to your point, though, I mean, you know, it's, I could see why there's the, a difference between ratings and, you know, watched and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, I think there's a difference between, you know, people, you know, hey, you know, we should, we should support this. And, uh, was it you know something I really want to watch? <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. So, so yeah, man, maybe we'll get into it. Um, yeah, what other things you got here, man, that you wanted to cover on this 
interesting topic here. Um, you know, you know, I think it's actually, I think it's a really good thing. It, it is actually progressive and should happen. We should get more of these stories being told. And what's interesting is from my point of view, I, I, I want it to come across as natural, right? This is from the creative side of things where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I lived in, um, I lived in the, the Bay area, San Francisco for a while. Um, I hung out on, on hate street sometimes. And I was like, oh, okay, well, all these cultures, I definitely didn't have any experience with in, especially in mass numbers in, a, in North Florida, South Georgia. And I'm just running into them when I go down to pick up a bagel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it was just very, uh, different to me and, and, you know, gr- definitely a growing experience. And I was like, really, it was really cool with it. Um, but it's the way it's done to me, I think is creatively problematic. I'm like, if you remember, um, the, the scene in, oh, you know, where did, I don't know where it came from, but when comedians, they jump out and say message, like, where did that come from? Yeah, but it was from, um, uh, the William brothers, man. I remember, uh, don't be a menace or drinking juice. In your hood or something like that. You remember? Yeah, that? don't be a mess of substance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, yeah, we, we're gonna get we're butchering the, the title because it's crazy. But uh, Keenan Wayne's played like a a male bad guy. You know, he was a, a mail carrier, and he he was sh- show up. Someone said something. Message. <laughs> and he <would> walk out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's where I came from. Now I got to go back and check that out. I haven't seen that in ages. But uh, just creatively. Anytime you do do something to take you take me out of the story, that really bothers me. And I don't know, a lot of people like want to see that, you know, like you actually stop and say, hey, here's a statement of 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 wokeness in the property and just, you know, say it very straight out and clear. It's like um, Lando Calrissian. It's like you didn't to me. And maybe this is just where I came up. You didn't need to say, you know, well, I'm the only black man in the galaxy and da, da, da. It's like, nah, man, you know, MF is running the cloud city. Boom. There you go. What's happening? Get out, get out of my face. And, um, it was obvious, you know, it's like the way he walked and talked and everything. It wasn't, it didn't seem forced. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering how all of this, um, this backlash plays out. And one way it's playing out is we're getting a lot of education. Um, and I don't know if you heard about the Viking story, but, uh, there was the show, um, Vikings. Yeah. Uh, pretty popular show. They put a black woman in the show. Right. And everybody, like everybody flipped out. They were like, oh, you can't have a black woman. What is this black woman? Viking. Blah. And the historians were like, actually there were black people and, you know, and that's how the it came out naturally and it kind of flowed and it was like, okay, this wasn't trying to be forced. This wasn't trying to be weird. Um, so it's, it's coming. I think it's good. It's better for the product. And there's also information that is better for the workforce as well. So mm-hmm. now that all this is, ha- so, uh, I don't know where that Forbes article went, but yeah. Um, yes, yeah, better for the workforce and for the products. And nevertheless, we're still getting a lot of pushback on it because nonsense is a thing in the society today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, and then I think you mentioned the woman King that's coming out, 
you know, that's all right, right. very diverse, you know, with Viola Davis and uh, that should be interesting. So, so yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, look, I mean, so, look, stories we never thought of this before. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So back in, um, I'll say the eighties back in the eighties. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just picking that time frame because I'm thinking about action movies right now. Once they found a formula, they would present it and say, boom, here's uh Sylvester Stallone doing uh Rambo, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, Rambo was based in, you know, whatever country. We're gonna do, you know, we're gonna take some some different jungle and put Arnold Schwarzenegger in. It's basically gonna be the same thing with another big muscly guy. And they'd copy that same formula over to somebody else. And you just have the string of basically the same movies with the same type of person, with the same look and the same structure. So now do you just get like a, you know, Sylvester Stallone and then you get like a Michael B. Jordan version of it. And then you get like a, Oh, uh, Jackie Chan version of it. You know, I was having trouble coming up with an Asian action star. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Henry, Henry Golding, he's coming up. I mean, you know, so right, right. Uh, you know, crazy rich Asian. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends. It's the right actor for the right role. Uh, a lot of these, it is funny, man. As you see on the producers, a lot of these actors are producer getting producing credits, right? Because it's almost like they are. You know, if they uh, show up, then and then get the movie greenlit, then they're a producer, right? And then also they're going to do a lot of marketing of the movie too, right? They're not just to the audience to go watch it, but they're probably, mm-hmm. you know, pre-selling the movie in different markets. And so, so it makes sense now. So, um, yeah, maybe, man. I mean, you know, I think if it's a good story, it's a good story, right? And, but I do like stories that come from a uh, specific, um, you know, point of view, right? And that you've never seen before, which, you know, I think, I know, kind of keep hitting it, Miss Marvel gets at. But uh, there was other ones. There was a a, a TV a movie not too long ago. You probably never saw this movie. It's called Miss Juneteenth. Very specific. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so definitely about the black experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that, man. I mean, that's what Atlanta is kind of getting at, right? You know, yeah, it's weird and it's a little bit out there. But he's trying to, I mean, I get what he's going with. it. He's trying to give you the uneasiness of what it means to be black in America, right? It, it's a feeling, yeah. it's a vibe. And that's what he's going for. And But it's very specific. The things that they do, they say, some of the stuff, I mean, it's so funny now too, man. You watch any show now for black woman, if she's wearing a, uh, you know, a scarf going to bed. Before, they never yeah. did that. Never. Yeah, yeah. But it's in the storyline, oh, black woman got to wear a scarf, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, so stuff like that, they're very, you know, very specific, you know, about, you know, how they tell stories. So to your point, um, yes, they could use a template, but, you know, hope there's enough, you know, which is getting there more and more that there's enough there to kind of yeah. put some specificity in it because there's universal in the specific, right? Because if I tell you a, a, a specific story by my mom and the pain she's going through and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, how she lived. In a small country, you know, with a lot of her friends who are black and they used to play games together. And right. They, and they, they, they played spades and they played bidwiz. You may not know the games, but you know that, you know, you kind of know the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's, um, being very specific, I think really touches into what storytelling really gets into. And I was uh, having a discussion with, um, a pretty right wing, um, 
person I know online and they brought up the argument about, well, let's get the best person for the job. And that's always like a common, you know, rebuttal. It's like, why did they have to hire such and such? Why didn't they just get the best person for the job? And what I couldn't get across and I'm, what I couldn't get across to this individual was that the best that if you're trying to tell a specific story, it changes depending on who that person is and what their background is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we, what we might be running into a bit of here is, Hey, I'm trying to tell this story with a Pakistani character. Well, how does that change normal things? It's like, well, if they're going to mosque, it's going to fundamentally alter the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if this was, if it was Catholic, a Catholic girl, it would change the story a little bit. And you can't always say, we'll just get the best person for the job. If you're trying to, well, you can say, get the best person for the job that you're, you're looking at the most appropriate person, you know, cause the best makes it sound like the best person with acting chops. I think that's what mm-hmm. they're fighting against, but. The most appropriate person, you know, may not be the, um, the person who's gotten all these awards and who's known by all these, uh, people probably in the dominant society, but it's like, okay, there's a very specific story here that can be told. I can relate to, you know, being left out or being, you know, having certain types of foods or whatever that other people are confused by. Um, and that makes sense. And you have to be specific in that way. So I, I like it. I like it. I like where the growth is happening. Um, it's a little messy right now, but I think that's okay. Whenever you're creating new things, it's always going to be a little messy as people, you know, figure out how to do things and figure out what needs to be created. So. Well said. Well said, Mr. Benjamin. So if you ready to get into this uh, review of Miss Marvel. Well, one quick question I wanted to ask, um, you know, MCU. Uh, Disney, all of Disney, HBO, um, I- anybody, Paramount, uh, they've been pushing this diversity thing. Is it working? Mm, I mean, you know, you gave some examples here. Uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, you know, uh, Black Panther, uh, absolutely Black Panther. I mean, that was, you know, or the next Black Panther coming out. I think that's the most anticipated movie right now. Matter of fact, yeah. told my kids about Black Panther 2 is coming out this year. They're like, oh, when tomorrow? No, it's coming. It's coming. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's mixed bag. I mean, you know, I, I think. Um, but I, I res I respect what they're doing. Now there's some backlash, right? Where there's just so many threads that they're pulling at for phase four, people are kind of confused, like we talked about on the on the Wednesday show. But um, it's a start, man. I mean, you know, I think obviously, um, you know, Ms. Marvel's a part of that as well. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, man, uh, I think it's working for the most part. I think so, too. Um, at, the, at the most, we're seeing some, some growing pains and some Twitter arguments that need to happen. Um, you know, I might have to send Anthony Mackey a tweet about uh, the black Captain, uh, black American Captain Falcon um, portrayal. But, you know. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so more to come on that, man. Well, no, nah, that's awesome. Well, uh, man, Miss Marvel. So, uh, 
Yeah. You want to, well, let's just get into it. So spoiler warnings. We're about to get into Ms. Marvel recap and overview. We've both seen it. Uh, overall, um, yeah, I liked it, man. <laughs> um, now I preface this with say, uh, I felt like I learned a lot. <laughs> so that, that to me was pretty important. Matter of fact, I watched that one with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you. The first one episode was phenomenal. I mean, it was like a different vibe, vibrant look. Um, you know, it's popped off the screen. Um, and then, um, you know, the second ones, but be honest with you, I think, you know, some of the graphics and some of the, um, you know, some of the stories, superhero storytelling was a little bit off. Be honest with you. I think that, that kind of, you know, took me and the kids out a little bit, but, but that, that the beginning and somewhat at the end, you know, those were kind of, you know, a little bit more poppy episodes. Um, the middle was a little bit of a drag in there, but then they, they, they kind of told a, a, a interesting story that you probably, you know, the specific story about what it means being from Pakistan. Um, so, yeah. um, yeah, so that, that's kind of my overall. So I would give it, you know, out of 10, I would say just slightly over five, like a six. The whole thing, the whole series. Yeah. Okay. The whole series. Um, you know what? God dog it. I hate to do this. I give the overall, I give the overall series. A seven's a cop out. So I'm going to, I'm going to say eight, man. I, uh, I actually enjoyed this series. It's messy as heck. There's just so much going on. There's threads that started up that I don't want to say didn't get resolved, but it's like, there was a lot happening. Um, at sometimes it felt like, uh, an inverse of James Bond, you know, where it's like, instead of a old crusty, you know, white dude, you got a young, vibrant Pakistani girl, but you know, she's around here picking up dates, you know, picking up dudes. And I'm like, how's she handling three dudes like this? She got the scientist. She got the guy from the dagger crew. She got the, you know, other dude, her best power. friend, her best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, um, and, and, uh, her, uh, her friend also has a kind of a love interest there. They didn't really get into it too much in the show, but I found out that was, I, um, her other friend has a lesbian love interest goes on the story. So the aunties have their story going on the uh the school has its story going on i'm i was actually like as messy as it was i kind of sat back and was like why did i enjoy this and i think it's because they packed in so many different threads into six episodes and i was kind of like huh at the end of every one i heard that that banging Pakistan oh, man. Pop music. It was on fire, boy. We're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I think the soundtrack, dog. Yeah, I heard yeah. the music and I was just like getting hyped for the next one. I was like, okay, cool. Um, I also called it messy because I don't think the story focused in on Kamala as much as I would have. I'm coming, I'm coming from the classical hero thing where there's one protagonist and you're really just focusing everything around that character so even in spite of that though i was like wow there's a lot going on um damage they didn't i was kind of upset that they didn't give more thing more for uh, damage control to do but that's like 
That's like a fourth enemy. They have four enemies, right? Uh, damage control, the daggers, the um, the evil power, the uh, gin, the gin. They were the yeah, the evil gins. Yeah, yeah, and it's like um, and also kind of that internal struggle with her and her parents and her family. Um, that's we're not going to consider that an enemy, but that's like one of those opposing forces that you still have to deal with. So when I look back at it, I was like, holy crap, they covered a lot in that show, put a lot together. I dug it and gave it an eight. Yeah, man, no. well, well said, man. Um, yeah, uh, let's get to the characters then. I mean, you know, um, look, man, Kamala was like that casting had to be perfect. And yeah, they, they picked the right actress. I mean, I liked her, man. Super cute, you know, just super engaging. I don't think she was in anything ever before this. <laughs> they just said, hey. Here you want to be in the TV show? It's so yeah. uh, so for you know they they probably you know it's the canty jack. You know? But did, uh, yeah. did you see the feature it? Did you see no. the feature it? Okay, that's actually uh, worth watching. But go ahead. Oh, well, did it go into that like how she was selected and all that kind of stuff? I'm assuming. Yeah, it did. Uh, they showed a lot of the you know how to keep the audition footage and like the, mm. the behind the scenes when everybody's like deciding who they should pick and everything. This is this girl was like a serious Miss Marvel Comic Con attending fan. She oh, so wow. she really she really did like cosplay and knew the character in and out already. So they didn't have to like, okay, Kamala Khan is this kind of character. She's like, No, I know it all. I I got it. Yeah. I know I'm yeah. yeah, so wow authentic. That's like man, that's like so I get yeah, your favorite character, you just get blocked and like, oh, there it is. I remember, so I mean, you know, characters. I remember when the comic book came out. I actually got it. I have it somewhere here. This was a graphic novel. Um, I got that. I read it. Man, I mean, you know, I didn't know anything about the character at all. It was one of the better debut. I remember that when it popped because I heard about it. it was, I think it came out as a a web comic at first, right? And it was it got a lot of you know publicity. People were talking about it. I said, okay, let me check this out. And uh, yeah, I got it, man. Right away, it, it gave me that that Peter Parker vibe, man. Just you know, just some. Hey, I'm a teenager, man, trying to do the best I can. But then you got that whole, you know, Muslim, Pakistani kind of angle to it, which I thought I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, so, so anyway, I, I read the comic, kind of, you know, I fell out. I wasn't like my my go-to at that point. I'm a you know, 30-something-year-old man, but uh, it was right. something it's that I clearly for yeah. It's clearly for the younger teen girl set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter loved it. I mean, she always was really excited to go watch it and you know, rather themes of being what that means, but also, you know, being a Pakistani girl, you know, from that culture and living in, um, you know, Jersey. Um, so she was a uniquely American, but she was uniquely of her culture. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So they very well, very well done with the, the main character. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on her? Well, I, I, I liked her, but I realized that I didn't share a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of people had problems with her powers being a little yeah. different um i saw some of like I, I i never really read the comics but i kind of like read up on her powers and story a, a little bit um never like read through a story arc is what i mean mm. but so so i don't know if i if there's a certain attachment to the way her powers work in the comics because when i when i saw them do the energy field like green lantern i was like oh thank god because big stretchy fist would have I just think of the corniest get out in live action. I mean, she's in a uh, video game, you know, a couple of video games and stuff like that mm -hmm. with those 
a big old fist pop up. But I mean, it's hilarious. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pirate set. It works. Uh, they kind of, you know, got into that a little bit at the end there. But uh, I mean, you know, she's cool, man. I like, you know, and uh, can you believe this character was just introduced in 2013, man? That's crazy to hmm. go from, I, you know, Iron Man to get his first movie, what, to, what, 2008 and it's been around what 50 years at that point so to move that fast man uh is amazing you know just from introduction to now and so uh uh you know kudos to the character and what you know representation matters right and so um so yeah man good stuff any other characters that popped out for you um i did well you know what i i had as a as a kid i did read damage control um, I don't know if you remember those guys. Yeah, yeah, I remember. They, uh, yeah, this it was a it was a humorous comic book. Damage Control, just about basically like a insurance and covering up for all the damage that these heroes would cause. Like the Hulk comes bounding through a city, and all of a sudden, all these major streets have holes in them because of the Hulk, and it's like this whole little adventure pops off trying to fix the Hulk's damage. And they were at one point going to actually make a damage control series. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Well, you know, they did one for the DC set. There was actually a show for a hot second. It was, mm. What's the DC version of that? I it was don't something. know. Yeah, see, now, uh, yeah, some, something yeah. incorporated. Yeah, it was very similar, man. It was, but it was like a comedy, and they were like in set in the DC. Yeah, it didn't last long. Uh, it was a girl from high school musical. That's right. Uh, it'll come to me as I, you know, delay and Google, but, uh, but Nancy Hutchins, she was in it and, uh, yeah, it was, it was such a short lived show, but I thought it was an interesting concept, right? They were trying to go for it. And, um, yeah, man. But anyway, so I think, um, you know, so you like damage control on me. So that was what you just like making sure things were, uh, fixed. <laughs> you didn't like things messing. Is that what it was? I got to watch damage control because, you know, Hulk came in and busted up shit. So now let me see what they're going to do to fix it. No, it was just this random thing I thought was kind of funny. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I had any thoughts like that as a kid. I just uh, like, hey, damage control. These are the people that uh, stuff breaks and they go, you know, they're they're there for it. So I don't know. I thought it was just interesting. Uh, read a few episodes when I was younger. Um, I really didn't get into the, the more humorous comics. I think this is one of the very, the few ones that I did get into. So mm-hmm. that was my only connection to it. And seeing them being brought to life was, uh, was kind of fun. And I, I, I liked the tension that they had within the organization. Like, Hey, we're going to come in here and, and shoot these, uh, star Wars stun beams at people. And, um, I don't know. I, I just kind of enjoyed them as a character. And I think they can definitely. I think they definitely have a place in the Marvel universe where anytime they want to roll somebody out, that's not as heavy duty as shield or that's like, uh, you know, a contrapositive to shield, um, or whatever they can roll these guys out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just saw it. So powerless is the name of the show. And, um, it was basically, uh, about a group of individuals uh, who, who worked for Wayne Enterprises, <laughs> which created products to make defensive, defensive uh, bystanders, uh, protect them in the world. Super, oh, super villains. Yeah. It was really bad. Cool, but, uh, yeah. So there's no, there's no, you're right. There's, there's no, uh, group like that. Right. You know, 
Um, because you know, DC and Marvel, they always got like similar groups, right? You know, they got the Avengers, they got, you know, <laughs> the Justice League, you know, uh, yeah. what's the villain version? They got uh, uh, the Thunderbolts and then they got, yeah, you know, the, the Secret Six or whatever. So, it's, it's, yes. so anyway, so it's just, you know, <laughs> two sides of the same coin. coin. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, so Powerless was the name of the show, but you know, they don't really have a damage control. But, you know, that's become more and more, right? I think Spider-Man introduced it in Sony, right? The same guy popped mm-hmm. up in uh, Spider-Man. So, oh, he did? I guess that, yeah, yeah. So I think he might be the, he might be the new uh, uh, Nick Fury. He might pop up in all this stuff. He's going to be mm-hmm. connective tissue. Watch. <laughs> uh, well, you know, another thing, another thing that I'm doing is um, along with watching, instead of watching weekly, uh, another thing that I've tried to do is uh, watching, in addition to watching night by night, is not watching all the Easter eggs and recaps until I finish the entire series. Yeah. That's, that's really changed my perspective of the show because when people start to go in and pick apart and all that, it makes it harder for me to watch it straight through as a, an actual product. I start watching it as a series of random bits and I see, you know, uh, Grace Randolph popping up in my head and like, you know, Hey, you know, Oh God. Um, so that may have actually attributed to my my rating of an eight as well. Um, well, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, not like I told you what I do. I try to write down my thoughts before I watch anything. And then, mm, um, good. A movie, especially, but yeah, TV shows a little bit harder because uh, the week to week experience. But uh, yeah, because yeah, like you said, man, that stuff can pepper your mind, you know. With oh, yeah, it really was terrible. <laughs> what even was it? You know, just take a step back. You know, have your own yeah. review. Um, I kind of think through it. Um, you put in Jen. Uh, I mean, they were okay. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The thing that I didn't like about the series was the special effects. It just seemed kind of hokey to me. I mean, but it was kind of go for a kid vibe. But I mean, it's like, it looked like they could have made it just a little bit better. I mean, whenever I crystallized and kind of fell out, it's like, huh, that looked like some old, you know, 1980s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that? What was that one with the, Dirk, uh, we talked about it previously on the pod, the uh, the, the video game, right? Um, Dragon Slayer, uh, right? Okay. You know, you would get all, you would get hit with something, and you just fall apart. I'm like, oh man, that that didn't that look good. And then the powers, you know, every time she did a little scares, it's like, oh. So, so I mean, yeah. you know, I, I get what they were going for, but it was it didn't work for me. To be honest, you know, you so know, what's funny. I am extremely forgiving of bad visuals, as much as a and. I, artist I used to work with, because as far as far as like games and movies are concerned, I give I care so little about the actual visual quality. I'm just like hoping the story stays together and the characters express whatever they've got to express. But you know, bad CG comes in, I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> and uh, people like Raphael will you know hit me up in the comments like, dude, that was terrible. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I had no problems with the, the look, but I know a lot of people. Well, the thing was, okay, you know what? But it, it juxtaposed with that first episode. Man, that thing was popping. I mean, did the text messaging, how it showed up on the screen, how they had like the the, the the art on the on the on the walls, how they popped out. I was like, oh man, we're in for a treat. And it's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no. I mean, they just kind of kept it basic, you know, with their visuals yeah. and just telling the story. I mean, you know, even you know. They, the whole beginning, remember she was telling the story of her teacher. I mean, it's like, yeah, that was that, cool. That, it was like, 
that's how I thought I was like, okay, they're going to do something unique here. And it's like, oh, yeah, it wasn't unique. So oh, anyway, yeah. But the Jen, uh, they were cool as a villain, but I, I didn't, uh, sure. It's different than the, maybe we'll get into later, but it's definitely different from the comic books. But um, yeah, so it, it, sure. She's from <laughs> that, yeah. that part of the world. Yeah, I think the only thing that visually, I mean, that actually not visually, the um, that consciously made me go like, oh, what did they do that for? Was when they pulled the episode five history thing where you get four episodes in out of six. Um, well, whatever, however many episodes and the one before the last one, you decide to have a history lesson and they took her back in time. And they're like, this is what really happened. This is the whole story. This is great grandma. This is where the bangle came from. I'm like, hey, man, get all that out of here. Just just get, get it out of here. I don't, get, get messing up the flow. I need some stakes built up, man. I don't need a history lesson. Um, so when we were talking about the gin and all those characters, it's like that whole thing kind of fell apart and got dismantled right at that moment. And the gin weren't cool to me anymore. I'm like, eh, they're just, they're just, <laughs> some people. they're just some people. I mean, they literally dismantled the gin, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna close this, close this warp gate, and say, like, "All right, just get on." Um, they said, oh. "Not cool to you anymore." <laughs> I actually like that episode. I mean, you know, um, I mean, I just like that history lesson. I mean, look, I, I you know, I, let's be honest. Did you know anything about the partition before that? I, I didn't know anything about. I mean, hey, I knew Pakistan and, and uh, India were separated. I had no clue about you know the cultural war. I mean. I knew about it, but I didn't know about it, right? And now it really made sense to me. And what that was so about. they, yeah, they do, they do that to, they do that to put, you know, um, so they can front load all of the action and all the movement in the beginning. And then when you stop caring about it, they're like, okay, now we can do a history lesson. That's, and that's hard to do in six episodes. So you have to come at it at episode five, which is the point where I should be getting way yeah. more interested in what's going to happen in the sixth episode. They did the same thing with Loki where on that fifth episode, it's like, <clears throat> here's a map of the entire multiversal solar system. What we're dealing with is like, God dog it. And the fifth episode kind of, I know it's supposed to be a calming thing, like the calm before the storm, but I don't think it's, I think it needs work because I'd like to have some of that stuff a little more upfront. And, um, keep episode five and six the last two episodes i want them i personally like them to be punchy so it's like bam bam but that was my only problem i actually liked the the content of it the history of the the partition maybe we could have gotten that whole story spread out a little bit like the train nightmare could have happened easily in the first episode she's like why do i keep having this train nightmare mm. and you could have spread that whole thing out but mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but you know, uh, I don't know. It's hard to keep momentum, you know. Um, but be honest with you, yeah, I think uh, there was one episode we saw. It's like, is that it? <laughs> it was like kind of anticlimactic. I maybe it was the fifth episode, but um, you know, it's kind of like they were kind of uh, trying to figure out how to keep the the momentum up. But like these little six six episode shows that you know, I don't know if they know how to figure. They haven't figured that out, right? How to yeah. keep strong momentum throughout, and so. Um, I'm trying to think who's done that. Well, I mean, well, you're, you're watching Ben's ver version, so you probably can kind of tell it better. But I mean, you know, I mean, Loki did it pretty well. Be honest with you, of all the mm -hmm. Disney Plus shows, I just remember like just 
with bated breath. Oh, I can't wait till Loki comes out, right? Um, yeah. There's a show I'm watching now that's like that for all mankind. Or boys was like that, right? They were kind of like, oh, you know, have a little something. You can wait for next episode. So, um, you know, it's hard to do that. I mean, you know, how do you tell us the backstory, you know, um, but keep the momentum going. So, you know, it's a challenge. They're yeah. learning. So I figured it, they'll figure it out. It's new, new ways of telling stories, like six episode arcs. That's, that's a British way. Yeah, this is this is new for us. Oh, it, it is British? Oh, yeah. They do like three episodes. They're like, oh, this is a series. It's two episodes. And I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. You know, do you even watch Sherlock? Remember back in the day with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch when he was Sherlock? Nope. It was like three episode arcs. Yeah, he just pop up, you know, and that's it and be out. <laughs> so, so that's yeah, new to me. Oh yeah, they used to that, man. I mean, we just recently got into ten episode arcs, right? Remember for you know when Netflix got introduced and and um uh, cable, well cable first, then Netflix, then now slowly, right, right. Um, they're starting to shrink it, you know, down a little bit. So um, yeah, uh, man, Mister Benjamin, let's move on. Um, do you want to get into the, the spoiler and or you know the spoiler talk real quick? I mean, do we really want to get into the plot too much or what? No, no, nah, nah, we. I mean, we don't have to do with the plot because it, it was all over the place. Um, but yeah. It worked out. I mean, it's standard. Find your powers, you know, come to grips with your powers, uh, use your power to save your family. I don't think that was like you said with Spider-Man, that's kind of similar in terms of basic structure. You know, running away from the powers almost um, then figuring out how to use it, homemade costume, et cetera. You know what I mean? So I think that was the plot doesn't deserve too much attention, but. Uh, Easter egg wise, we got a little mutant action, right? A, a mutation. Oh, man, is that what I heard? No teasing, huh? They'll tease it. We got a little action. What kind of action, Mr. Bitch? Let them know. Yeah. Man, damn Pamela man. Leave us alone, man. Just show a mutant. Stop tripping out, man. Everything he's done lately, it just shows you he's being an ass right now. Yes. Why, what's all this teasing, man? Here's Richard Bowder. Here's, here's uh, you know, uh, Professor X and Doctor Strange in a parallel universe. Here's Miss Marvel. Yeah. Just, just now, don't wibble wing. Just, what up, bub? <laughs> do, you, do you have a problem with uh, Miss Marvel kicking off the whole mutant action? Uh, well, you know, let's get into it. In the, in the comic books, right? She was created by the... Uh, What's it called? Terragon Mist. Yeah, damn. Terragenesis. And, uh, you know, that's what creates in humans, which are basically us kind of humans, but they get this mist and have superpowers from that, which, you know, it was trying to be, you know, at one time, Marvel's trying to make that a thing, right? Uh, even had a whole TV show. Had a, you know, they really pushed them. Uh, did not go well. That's <laughs> getting be seen by Black Bolt getting his head, head bashed in. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Strange. But uh, for whatever reason, you know, Kevin Feige hates them. So they had to kind of mix, you know, mix her origin story, you know, using the whole, you know, bracelet and, you know, the gen background. But, you know, I don't know. It does seem like a little too much. Like, oh, by the way, the reason why you're special, not just because you have a bangle, because there's something, there's something wrong with your genes. <laughs> there's something in yeah. your genes. And so, you know, sure. Uh, I don't mind if it's backdoor, but it's like, <sighs> Stop teasing me, man. 
it gets to a point where you're just like, man, just do it. Yeah. Say, I think you're, I think you're a mutant. Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. How hard is that? <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's an interesting strategy how they keep on teasing it out. And I'm, I want to know where the, where the bomb drops, you know, where the heavy hit, like suddenly drop the bomb on me. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering where that comes in and who does it and how it happens. Like who's going to be that first MF who just like, bam, I am that guy. Are they going to lead in with some kind of apocalypse thing? Are they going to teasing, man? That's all he's doing. So I'm, I'm happy with this. Actually. I think Miss Marvel is a great character to do it with. I'm not, terribly mad at them altering stories and everything for for where we are right now i'm not you know i mean i could be a purist at times but when it when it fits the the method of the madness of what we're doing i'm I'm fine with it so yeah um but the only thing i don't understand is um how how they're planning on doing her shape-shifting maybe the crystal energy that that surrounds her fist or and her legs or whatever that crystal energy maybe it creates some sort of visual prism you know what i mean where she just looks like somebody else but that's kind of weird too i don't know um because that's right her powers yeah what is her part i mean you know she's almost like plastic man right i mean or you know yeah doctor not uh mr fantastic but she's kind of almost like plastic because i don't think mr fantastic can change his his face and look like different people, right? He's more like stretching. Right. But um, exactly. Maybe- so, so, so with uh, Miss Marvel, the character in the comics has shape shifting abilities, and that's why we see her like stretching her fist out and punching things. And it's what made it really weird as a power to see her at the very end of it, like lose control and spin through her closet, and all of a sudden she's Miss Marvel. I mean, uh, Captain Marvel. And it's like um, Carol Danvers. It's like, wait, what's going on? Why is she, why is she looking like her? And oh, you know what, man? I didn't know that. That's what that would happen. I thought. See, Carol Danvers. See, I thought Carol Danvers came from a portal or something and, and took places with her. So, oh, okay, I did not know that. See, that's why you got. I guess you got to watch stuff, huh? <laughs> After that, that, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, apparently that's what was supposed to happen. A lot of people are confused about it. In fact they may have actually switched places somehow in this current lore, but the idea um, in the comics was that she starts shape-shifting into her. So, no telling what they're going to do, and this is obviously something that they left kind of ambiguous, so we have discussions like this, and we talk about it until the next thing, until the Marvel movie comes out. Which is, when is is that coming out? Who knows? Yeah, we got it here somewhere in our notes. Yeah, gotta write it down so we can always go to it. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, sure, man. I think, uh, you know, I like it. I mean, um, shout out to Brie Lawson for showing up, right? To kind of, you know, give Miss Marvel a, a shot in the arm. But, um, yeah, man, uh, I did not know that. So I'm glad we had this conversation. So, <laughs> and I guess I haven't, uh, listened to, beyond the trailer's review i'm sure she probably went in depth right what that was about what what does mean you know and then if you want to watch the next video my video goes into you know what what's her power set you know and my next video means who these people you know so it's like yeah 
I, yeah, kudos for her. I'm sure she's got a team, but you know, these YouTubers, man, they, yeah, they make it seem like they do everything themselves. Right. It's so fun. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just sitting in our own grinding our content. Um, but I digress. Uh, like I said, uh, so we'll see where power set's going to be. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Uh, so the Marvel tie-in, obviously she's going to show up in the Marvels, as they mentioned, and even the TV show, which you know, oh. obviously early, early 2023, February 17th. It looks like. Oh, dang. So mm-hmm. that's going to be here before you know it. So, um, yeah, kudos for them, man. Um, uh, yeah. So more to come man. just, you know, wanted to see, uh, Ms. Marvel. If you guys want to see that, it's going to be her. I think what spectrum, the, the, um, the, the young lady, uh, that was in, um, Wanda vision. Uh, yeah, she went through the portal and became all spectry. <laughs> yeah. Who else is going to be in there? Obviously, um, you know, Kamala, um, we're going to get Carol Danvers. Uh, who else is going to pop up? You think so? I think is it uh, Nick Fury. Yeah. Nick Fury. Definitely. Um, yeah. I don't know who the bad person is, and I haven't done too much research scrolls. on scrolls. Is it going to be the scrolls? The, the scroll invasion will begin. Oh right. I mean, but is there a? Are they going to? Oh, you know what? If they do super scroll, that could be an entryway with the Fantastic Four. Oh, because they've been teasing out. They've been teasing out Reed Richards stuff. So. All right, they may be a little slicker on this than I gave him credit for. The super scroll, by the way, is a is a particular scroll that starts to mimic um, the powers of the Fantastic Four. That super scroll doll. <laughs> they literally have a a picture of him with his face. This guy's arm is fiery red, and his other arm is you know uh, what is it freaking look like the thing and then one arm one yeah. leg is invisible one leg is stretching it's like okay we get it <laughs> yeah you got all their powers <laughs> yeah comic books man it's so literal <laughs> i'm crazy i'm crazy though. i'm just that crazy <laughs> i'm just that crazy i got all their powers yes i, I know i know i know so anyway um that's yeah. it so yeah man so more to come man so yeah, so overall, we kind of gave our reviews, Miss Marvel. Go check it out. You know, you know, go for some, you know, interesting character study and stay, you know, and stay for some interesting Marvel updates, I guess, on the mutants. So, um, you know, but it's just like it's just so hokey now. I mean, every time someone shows up, just even whiffs at mutants, you're going to hear that. You got mad at, and I should have taken your advice and listen. You got a, you pointed out when they when they did the over the shoulder shot in the side of a uh, Professor Xavier's ear. Oh, on the yeah, trailer, uh, yeah, in trailer Multiverse and Madness. I was like, dog, did you see the shoulder in the side of his ear? <laughs> you were just like. Man, don't 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 put too much stock in that. And you were right, man. It was only a small part of the movie, and I was all hyped for it. They got me. God, they, they got, got us, me. Man. I mean, they got all of us. I mean, you know, I, I was getting hype. Um, but it's just I don't know. It's Feige, man. Yeah, like I said, Comic Con's next week. You know, maybe we have some dispatches. You know, from Comic Con, we won't be there, but we'll probably listen in and find out the news. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of news coming out and I'm, I'm sure Feige's got a plan. So he's yes. a man of a plan, if nothing else. 
Yep. So definitely, uh, if you're listening, be sure to check in on Wednesdays because that's when we drop our mostly news, but then we just get into some informal discussions about whatever Wednesday on, um, on, the, on Instagram. So this should be a good one with Comic-Con coming up. I love it, dog. All right, Mr. Benjamin, uh, any plans for the week? Uh, I had a bit of a headache for some reason. So I'm, I think my sleep's out of order, man. I got to get back to sleep. I'm asleep. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm asleep. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I'm dealing with a lot of stuff right now. I get. I'll talk to you a little bit more about offline, but just trying to, you know, get some rest, work out a little bit more. But uh, yeah, man, it's just you know, just I just this this is my reprieve. So so appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure doing this with you. Hey, everyone, man, listen, please like, subscribe and comment at Show Versus Business on Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. Listen to us at Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to hear us live? Please check us out around 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, Wednesdays on IG Live at Mr. Benja during his ADD live set. Take care, Mr. Benja. Peace. Thank you for listening to Show Versus Business, your weekly take on pop culture. Please subscribe to this podcast at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please like and subscribe to our Instagram page, Show vs. Business, to get exclusive behind-the-scenes takes and upcoming episodes. Talk to you next time. Finish him!